Hello and welcome to episode 27 of the Subwave Network podcast. I'm Scott. And I'm that one bowl of fish custard that just sits in your kitchen. (laughs) And this week we journey back into classic Doctor Who as we discuss a Time Lord. And yes, probably the one you're expecting based off of the title of the episode. Um, you know. Anyway, this week we discuss Romana 2, Romana's second incarnation, played by the amazing Lala Ward, um, with a focus on the slightly maligned story from season 18, Megloss. Megloss! Meg got lost. Megloss. Our main segment this week is an interview that I recorded a couple of weeks ago. Um, so we might as well throw straight over to it, throwing it over to past Scott, who is joined by a very special guest to continue um, or to start really the discussion of the episode and the whole era and legacy of Romana. So past Scott, over to you. I wonder if past Scott knows about this Thank you, future Scott. Yes, I'm joined by a very special guest to continue our episode discussion. Her Twitter bio describes her as a podcaster, writer, geek, award winner and do-gooder, a woman of many talents and also many podcasts, most notably for listeners of this episode. She's a co-founder of Verity, as well as being part of many podcasts on the incomparable network, including Lazy Doctor Who. Welcome to the show, Erica Ensign. Hi, thank you so much for having me. It's lovely to be here. Thank you for being here. It's such a pleasure to have you join me for this discussion. So, Erica, why don't you kick us off this segment with your first thoughts on Romana in the story of Megalos? I just... <laughs> it's interesting because I have been watching uh, season 18 as it uh, went out sort of 40 years ago. This is the... As we record this, it's the 40th anniversary year of, uh, of that season. And so I watched this story week by week so i didn't just watch the whole thing at once i watched it bit by bit and i think it's really fun to do it that way because you get like it's it sinks into your memory a little bit a little bit better and i i just love ramana in this story i have always loved the scene with the chronic hysteresis um it's in part (laughs) because because I just love the fact that Romana is the one that's standing over there working on canine. Like we all know that the doctor can fix canine and he does it a bunch of times and he builds new canines and et cetera, et cetera. But this to me is just one of the the great, um, almost subtle, but like visual representations of how much Romana is in equal to the doctor, especially at this point now that we are into Romana 2. This is her second incarnation. Her first incarnation is sort of about becoming Romana she's learning the ways of the world she was always super super smart but the doctor kind of told her the way the universe works or or showed her as they traveled so then you have the second version of Romana played by Lala Ward and by the time we get here to Megloss she's very much settled into that character her her second incarnation and yeah that scene to me is just very like that's that's one of the first things which i know a lot of people will think is weird that a scene from megloss is one of the first things that pops to my head when i think of romana too but you know she's the one that is trying to fix canine because you know poor canine uh has he he took a lot of crap in this season yeah and she's the one that's trying to repair him and she's done all of this stuff and uh 
yeah and then you know the line about like, just waggle his tail which i just think is a <laughs> hilarious line and we get to see it over and over and over I again and i know that it. they edited it so that we you know it's not like lala ward did that scene yeah. so many times but then also you get to see her consummate professionality as an actress because you know it then slides from that into the few seconds where the chronic hysteresis is resetting itself and you get to see her reaction to being stuck in this and like oh no we're stuck but what can we do about it and then you know the the two actors play off of each other i th- I'm, I can't remember exactly where they were in their relationship uh, yeah. at this point, but I feel like they are interacting on screen fairly comfortably and in a friendly manner. And it's nice to see them sort of bounce off each other in a good way. Yeah, I think this is this is just before the actual marriage itself, but there's there's uh-huh. a lot in the air. <laughs> that, the, the chronic history to see, I mean, I love the fact that the doctor straight away is like oh maybe it's a chronic hysteresis of course (laughs) just jump to that straight away but it's brilliant you know romana gets to start each one off with the line of here we go again just (laughs) like the first time brilliant and then as just that adds layers and layers and layers to it the the two of them in that scene especially is so brilliant like especially you know things like yeah just just waggle canine's tail that'll that'll fix it of course Mm-hmm. like what a what a thought what an idea it's fantastic it, it it's it's such a brilliant scene and it's great that like that's pretty much what we get in in part one between the two of them mm-hmm. like and that's 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 the kind of the most that we see the two of them together in this story because after that you kind of start to get a bit of the separation of the doctor going off kind of chasing Megalos's tail in a way I mean, Tom Baker brilliantly playing the the dual role here. It's, I love it every time that that the doctor, like the actor playing the doctor, gets to do this this dual role, and he 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 knocks it out of the park for me here. He really does. This is, and it's like a, a lot of people don't love this story, and I can kind of, you know I can understand why it is it is slight like i uh, we watched a bunch of it with the info text on because we have the, the dvds nice. um or possibly blu-rays i'm not i'm not actually Pro- sure i didn't i didn't take them out of the case <laughs> and put them in the machine because <laughs> i was watching them with my spouse steven um but he had turned the info text on because he's seen the story a bunch of times and i've seen it quite a few so i i was mostly paying attention to the story because it's been a little while since i had seen it but every once in a while like i would i would glance down to the info text and yeah it's it, it, some of these episodes are like some of the shortest episodes of doctor no, whoever I- yeah, really picks that up when I was when I was doing like further research about this story, and mm-hmm. it was and the, now thinking back to it, I realized how many times like they would when when Romana is like leading the Gaztax like through the forest, they walk through that same small set like three or four <laughs> <Yep>. times. <laughs> there's which, a there's a lot of padding, which is and I, honestly. I, I kind of love that as, as uh, you know, somebody who really loves classic Doctor Who and who is also very interested in like the television making side of things. I, one of the things that I just find most endearing about Doctor Who is, you know, people say running through corridors, it's a thing. Yeah, it is. And another thing is that it's always the same corridor the and they just dress it up slightly differently. And in this case, it's just, it's kind of a really cool twist on that because it's not a corridor. It, it's, 
it's a jungle that they're they're wandering through a dangerous jungle yeah. and yeah it's definitely the same piece of set each time but you know you just you turn the camera a little bit you you move some plants around you dress it up and sure everything like it's it's just like there are a lot of things that are emblematic of doctor who that that sort of pop up here in megloss you've got that you've got uh you know sadly canine getting the the mm. short end of the stick mm-hmm. you've got romana being being smart and clever like talking about leading, leading the gas decks around like she is fully comfortable in her own skin and you know she gets surprised by them at first but she doesn't miss a beat she's she's just right in their face as much as the doctor would have been um and then you know other representative things you have you know the doctor the actor who plays the doctor playing two different characters you know doctor who stalwarts playing act uh, playing characters that look exactly like their main character is another thing that i really love about doctor who so we've got a lot of cool cool stuff packed into this very 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 short story yeah very short but yeah you're right there's a lot packed into this there's some i mean there's some amazing costumes in this not even to mention the slightly disturbing tom baker with his cactus face yes. um which i'm is like it was, i found it very funny like the first time that the uh, you see tom baker then with the cactus face is just after you realize that they are both like in the main city and then mm-hmm. so it's like okay so now that they're both together we've got to show you who is the evil one in case you have not worked that one out yet exactly <laughs> Yep. And it, like, I, I remember seeing that as a kid and finding it very effective, that the Definitely. makeup. And like, you know, as a grown up, I still actually think it holds up pretty well. Like, I mean, that's a, a really visceral sort of, you know, I have a visceral re- reaction to that, you know, the, the spikes on his, his face and the spines and stuff. And um, I, I still think it looks good. Maybe, maybe it's, you know, it would be better if they did it today but they probably just use some cg and it would it wouldn't look as yeah. good to my eye i i'd say of all of the you know effects and everything that is very 80s about this story the tom baker's like makeup there does does hold up really well especially compared to some of the costumes that the cast tags are wearing and the um <laughs> And and the uh, you know uh, the blue screen use outside and the I know that this oh, they, yeah. there was there was the whole like technological marvels of the um, forget the name of it now but you having uh, the scene the, sync the, I think yes, is, is what yes, it's called sync, yep. that, yes. mm-hmm. that, like, yeah it's pretty it's it's not it's not bad I mean and you know you can you can tell you can you can see it there's fringing etc cetera, etc cetera. Mm-hmm. but like that's another thing doctor who was always really good at was trying new stuff i mean especially since like the, the barry Letts era of the the 1970s you know he was wanting to use a color separation overlay cso which north americans at least mostly know as chroma key uh you know he he jumped on that board real early and here we have scene sync which is like you know the natural successor to sort of that technology and here's doctor who giving it a go and it certainly ain't perfect but it's fine like as a child i at which you know the story this show especially at that time was really tea time yeah. television aimed at kids like i couldn't tell the difference i just thought they were wandering around a planet like i don't know and i thought I, I thought it looked pretty great yeah i you know i as someone who's grown up with the with the new series and gone back and watched the classic <laughs> series i i i make allowances for for cuz i right. i know what tv was like back then and you know i think they did a pretty good job with with the technology they had and yeah you're right they they were they were pushing 
these these you know using new technology and um, that's that's what the show's all about that's still what the show's about now really so yep it's kind I, of an interesting marriage too of using new technology like scene sync and marrying it with older stuff because you mentioned like the costumes uh specifically the costumes of the gas tax uh like i noticed it it is well known in some circles that my very favorite story in all of doctor who history is the rebus operation yeah. i love it an awful lot uh and yeah there are there's at least one i think a couple of uh rebus operation hats that are repurposed ah. and like dazzled up with some extra stuff but i was like hey and then of course the info text pops up and says yes these these hats were from the rebus operation and you know these like chest plates were from some other story and like so those costumes um which is on purpose i mean these are uh, they're you know a gang of ne'er-do-wells who really are not at the the top of the heap in terms of you know what they mm, yes. what they're doing <laughs> um so they're they're basically a ragtag bunch of pirates and the the gear that they have is just clearly stuff that they have collected from many many jobs all over the place cast offs from other crews and uh so it makes sense for them to basically raid the wardrobe department at the bbc pick up whatever they can can get and uh and sort of slap it together yeah really and you know you compare the slapdash of the gas tax to the two sort of rival factions in the mm -hmm. city who are just all completely identical complete with the oh, awful blonde wigs <laughs> it's like are we supposed to believe that they just all have blonde They're hair just, like that and yeah. that's what they look like i i assume yes that's what we are that, supposed to believe but it it more looks like blonde wigs are just a fashion choice <laughs> and everybody's wearing one which is why it was such a good decision for the day odds to just all give them those like head they're all covered heads and you get you know the great Jacqueline Hill in this as well with mm -hmm. her own head covering and just the long braid off the back yes. because we didn't need to see her in a ridiculous blonde wig mm -hmm. but you know what if one of my uh, like saddest things about this uh, about this story is the fact that we didn't get Jacqueline Hill and uh, and Lala Ward together very oh, much in that. scenes. They didn't get to play off of each other, and I just I feel like that would have been really neat to see their energy. I mean, you do have at the end where it's not my it's not my favorite scene. I like the choice for the self sacrifice. Uh, yeah, for Jacqueline Hill's character to 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 have sort of like seen the light and chosen to sacrifice herself to save romana uh i just don't think it was executed terribly well like it just it, it all comes together so fast and it doesn't really look exactly like that's what she's doing the way that it's staged um so like if if i were i don't know reading the novelization or something which i have not i have not read the novelization i feel like that's a scene that could have been you know could have played out in my head with some some real pathos and sadly it it uh it, it wasn't realized as well as i would have hoped but i still i still like the choice yeah yeah, de it's, de it's definitely the right choice for her character. And I really hope, I've also not read the novelization, but I really hope that in there, they decided to just add a little bit more into that moment. So it wasn't just because it really looks and it probably was like the writers were like, oh, well, there's nothing else for her character to do. How about self-sacrifice? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I, the right choice, but the, the execution of it, if you'll pardon the pun, is... Um, <laughs> Pro probably could have been handled better mm -hmm. um but it was still great to see her back in doctor who after so many years away it, it really it was it, yeah. and to give her a you know 
pretty sweet costume. Like I like mm. that costume. And you mentioned like the the headpiece with the hair. That was that was fantastic. That was nice. Mm. Yeah, and I found out the first time that a companion came back to play a different role in the show mm-hmm. as well. So a, another kind of amazing when fun. you think it was not just the first time that happening, but like one of the very first companions yeah. is the first one to it's actually come back do and do Re- it. Re- really, really quite fitting mm-hmm. there. Yeah, and then I mean from that point on to the end of the story that you know as we've mentioned not a ton happens <laughs> to mm-hmm. to put it lightly <laughs> <laughs> but it's just it's it to me all of the stuff that's not happening <laughs> or the little few things that are happening are are fun and they just they just feel like doctor who that is not taking itself too seriously but it's taking itself seriously enough to be entertaining for me like you know it is a hundred percent bonkers that we have a cactus that wants to take over several planets or the galaxy so what (laughs) this is this is doctor who i think i like once once i get past that idea it's just like everything else kind of falls into place it's like yes this is okay this is the kind of story that they are trying to tell us right now and i i recognize that sort of overall season 18 is is sort of a a dirge it's a little bit on the 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 darker side you know where we're leading up to the the death of the longest running doctor etc 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 but we're still pretty early in the season and we haven't really fallen like down that far down that road yet so it's just it's so nice to me that we have this bit of lightness i mean honestly i i feel like megalos is one of my more beloved stories in uh (laughs) It, it was definitely a it was definitely a fun watch and yeah definitely mm-hmm. there is still there is still the light and the enjoyment like in season 18 whilst romana is there and mm-hmm. then there is that the thing of the way that like i look at the end of season 18 is like once romana and canine leave it's now in my head it's just tom baker collecting the fifth doctor's companions uh-huh to, to regenerate is it yep. really it really feels like that and but this is like yeah if you overlook the fact of once you get past the it's a cactus that wants to take over the planet and then more and more planets it's just a really fun story to watch and i think a lot of the cast were were probably having quite a lot of fun making it yep and i i like too that we separate the doctor and romana i mean i love the doctor and romana together like that's it's wonderful their energy is great and you know the scenes with them together are are lovely but they spend a decent amount of time together in the previous story in uh, the Leisure Hive. And here, the fact that, you know, you, you never know if you're going to get a story where it's Doctor and Companions or, or they separate them. Separating is, is pretty common. So when that happens here, I just, I like that we get to see Romana being her own Time Lord. Like, you know, people say, yeah, she's the Doctor. No, she's not the Doctor. She's, she's Romana. She's a, she's a different Time Lord who has her, her own style, but is, is every bit as, you know... Well, she's not every bit as well traveled as the doctor, but yeah. she knows her way around the universe at this point. And um, it's just, it's kind of delightful. And I think it's, I've, I've been watching all of the episodes. Is it at the end of Megalos that they get the call to yeah. go to Gallifrey? Yeah, yeah. the end of Megalos is when they get the call. And you get her reaction being like, like you can tell she, she ain't into that. And no. that's a wonderful character beat, I think, for Romano. Definitely. And it really, the more I now think about this story, there's, there's normally a point in the, in like the, the time of a companion, when they get to their most competent, that's when the writers decide to split 
them up from the doctor the most uh-huh. is like the to to reference a new series bit towards the end of clara's time with the 12th doctor that especially in the, those last few stories there's a lot of separating the two of them because yeah. she's now so competent on her own that you don't need her to be with the doctor and you know that's one of the great things they did with romana is by having it be another time lord who yeah isn't as street smart but still has a lot of knowledge and is someone who isn't there to you know twist their ankle and scream doctor and say what is this it's someone who is actually competent enough to go out and they can do their own story and they continue to they kind of continue to do that over and over again like even with the with jody whitaker's doctor the first season there's a lot of the fam you know sort of being with her and being together and then in her second season you have um I am blanking on the name of the story, but the one with the uh, the plastic stuff. Um, 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 pra- Praxis? Praxis, yes, yes, thank you. Like, where that whole story actually starts with each companion is completely separated from the Doctor. We don't know what's going on. We're learning about the story from the companions throughout the beginning of this episode. Like, it's, it's, a, it's a tried and true uh, trope of Doctor Who to separate the companions once, once they get to that point of, of competency. And we are definitely, definitely here with Romana and uh, you know it's only a matter of time before later in the season she's you know going to decide that she wants to leave but but right now it's just like this this perfect glorious moment where she and the doctor are equals and companions and you know I it feels like the doctor's Romana's companion just as much as Romana is the doctor's companion at this point definitely yeah that is as as we said that 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 is Meglos. We now briefly move on to to the rest of Romana's era, pre and post Meglos. Um, I you I know you said that the the uh, the, this is one of the more memorable stories uh, for you. Um, what what would you say are your most memorable Romana two moments from her era? Um, I mean honestly, my very very first uh like strongest. F- memories of Romana 2 her very very first I absolutely love Destiny of the Daleks I it's one of my favorite Dalek stories of all time which I know is kind of heresy but uh but I really do just the the fact that I mean it, it probably didn't hurt that Lala Ward had already been in one Doctor yeah. Who story which, which was six parts long so you know she had had some <laughs> some uh, some practice already at being a part of the production of this show but I just, I feel like she really sort of comes out as fully formed in, in, a, in a lovely way. And, you know, her settling on the costume that is sort of a semi-reflection of the Doctor's costume, just, it delights me to no end. I just think it's, it's wonderful. It, she, she looks so good and is, you know, unabashedly feminine, which is a thing that, you know, sometimes... Uh, it's especially in you know later years try to you know a strong female character quote unquote a phrase yes. of hate uh is just you know basically a masculine woman and that is not the case here romana is still she's feminine she is a woman and is not sorry about it and just you know that does her thing and looks good and is unapologetic for the fact that she has just gone through this giant change um for no particularly good reason i feel like that was yeah, yeah, there's, not there's, her fault there's been a lot said in and outside of canon of uh, of romana's regeneration mm-hmm. i i look back at it now and i'm kind of like i'm i'm okay with it whether whether you blame it on the tardis or the effects of the previous story like mm-hmm. they played it for laughs 
I found that that's I found the scene funny. There you are. Now you move on with the with the story and mm-hmm. that you yeah. know there, there's been enough controversy over the concept <laughs> of regeneration, especially more recently um, in the show. Thank For you. Sure. No. <sighs> Yeah, I think I think one of the reasons that uh, I mean, I, I in part I chose Megloss to talk about because I was already like hip deep in watching season eighteen. But I think one of the reasons I like that story in season eighteen is because to me it feels a little bit more like season seventeen, and that's really honestly where my sort of favorite Romana two stuff is because I mean I just I I love the stories in season seventeen a little bit more than I do in season eighteen overall. Uh, with a few notable exceptions, Full Circle is one of my favorite Doctor Who stories of all time. But, uh, but you know, you have just these really unabashedly wacky stories. Like, you know, I'm thinking about Nightmare of Eden, which is one of my favorites. Oh. It is bananas yeah. in a lot of ways and kind of in some of the same ways that Megloss is bananas. So like, I, I kind of like, I mean, my favorite era of Doctor Who, of all of Doctor Who, is the Graham Williams era, because you go from, like, and I'm, I don't mean to throw shade on early Tom Baker stuff, because that is also really, really good television, but you, you go from this sort of darker, uh, you know, Doctor Who that's a pastiches of, of, of gothic horror and mysteries and, like, that kind of stuff, and then suddenly you move into the into the light suddenly everything's sort of it's warmer it's brighter you have women with speaking parts (laughs) characters it's it's just fantastic and you know the main characters are are getting along and not sniping at each other in in sort of the same way not that the doctor and sarah sniped at each other but there was definitely some sniping with uh with leela from time to time in part because of the behind the scenes stuff um but yeah, so I just, I love the Graham Williams era with all my heart. And I think that while I will admit that Mary Tam's first version of Romana, like that's my favorite Romana, yeah. but I love them both. So that's not to, to denigrate Lala Ward's version, because I also think that the sort of the evolution of that sort of sharper, more glamorous, you know, statuesque Romana into a, a character who feels a little bit more... I don't, I feel like I want to say lived in and that's, I don't want that to sound insulting because to to me, that's a huge compliment. So like she just, she feels more confident and comfortable in her own skin and just feels like she can roam around the universe with the doctor and is, you know, maybe a little bit more bohemian. Like I love looking at Romana One's costumes and stuff, but a lot of the time, those were not things that were necessarily practical for, for yeah. running through corridors and swamps and that sort of thing. And I think that uh, uh, June Hudson, who was the costume designer um, for, for both Romanas, uh, we actually had a chance to interview her on Verity once, and she was absolutely amazing. delightful. That lady is amazing. She is just as cool in person as you would want her to be. She is great. And she put a lot of thought into the costumes that she was creating for all of these characters. And, and yeah, the, the costumes for Romana 2 are very functional in a lot of ways, uh, for the most part, for a person who is knowing that she's going to be getting into some scrapes and stuff. So I just think it's, I think it's kind of a fantastic evolution of a character that I love from the very beginning to the very end. Yeah, de- definitely. I mean, bo- both Romanas have some amazing costumes. Obviously, yes. there's, there's the thing of like Romana 2 
and I believe Romano one as well, like literally has a different costume for every story, uh-huh. um, which is why later companions were stuck in one outfit for the, their entire run. <laughs> I know. It's like every time I think about poor Tegan or Nissa, I'm poor, just like, oh. Tegan to have to be in that outfit for all of those stories. And, and Romano like, literally do one. It's, it's Tegan's work uniform. It's not even like she happened to be wearing yeah. these clothes this day and it's jeans and a t-shirt. No, she's she's wearing her uniform for work and then she just has to keep wearing it for so long until finally they give her some other clothes yes. which aren't all, all that great either. But uh, yeah, poor, those, yeah, those poor, poor things. Yeah, but they, you know, has some has some brilliant um, outfits. And yeah, Romana won. I, I love the whole concept of what they did with the whole Key to Time season. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just brilliant but then even going into like season 17 and i mean it's obvious what i'm about to say but like i love watching city of death mm-hmm. and i know that that is what a lot of people say but it and i know obviously the behind the scenes thing of like that was that was tom baker and lala ward a lot of them <laughs> behind the scenes which ended mm-hmm. up in uh, what was on the screen um but there, there's just a lot of fun between the two of them like in that season and it definitely appears again in Megalos I mean even thinking back now to like Creature from the Pit I mean that's mm-hmm. it's another interesting story with some interesting uh, production but then <laughs> that that is I do love this like era of Doctor Who from a production standpoint as well it just mm-hmm. all of all of classic Doctor Who is it's it's fun when I get to discover new bits of it. Um, still, still so much classic Doctor Who that I have not yet seen. Oh, that's uh, so exciting for you. Yes, <laughs> I f- I feel very very fortunate to be in that position where there's still a lot that I can discover, and mm-hmm. I mean, there's so much. I, you know, the everything that they do on a production standpoint is is just amazing to do what they did with such small budgets. Mm-hmm. And I've never seen so many uses of bubble wrap and so many reused <laughs> costumes and corridors. Yes. Sometimes when you have like fewer resources, like you know, you're you're on rails, so you have to you have to be more creative. Like it forces that. So that's how you end up with stuff like bubble wrap and scene sync and and you know weird cactus needles but only on the face and hands because he's going to keep his coat on the whole time like those are the those are the sorts of things that you just sort of have to have to make work and especially around this time like i just loved the stories so much i mean like you mentioned the creature from the pit that that story yeah say what you want about the realization of (laughs) erato as a uh, as a giant monster character uh the idea behind that story is a wonderful science fictional idea you know an ambassador comes from another planet and then gets gets trapped uh because you know nonsense and Mm. you know a dictator wanting to keep her 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 kingdom and not uh you know keep the resources as scarce as possible so that she can uh, have that scarcity economy continuing to go and the inability to communicate until you can find the right piece to be able to, to communicate it's just like Every time I look at one of these stories and just think about what the science fictional ideas are, it's just like, this is, it blows my mind. Like, that's the kind of stuff that as a little kid, I'm so, so I feel like I'm, I'm blessed to have discovered it as such a young person, because those were the kind of stories that really, you know, got under my skin and just kept me thinking about things and just sort of, sort of blew my mind. Definitely. I mean, yeah, that's, they did so much with, with the show in that time. And then 
Romana obviously being as popular as she was, that has been used time and time again in audios and novels and mm. big big finish, I think, have have had have had Lala Ward and a couple of new actresses come on to to voice Romana. I've <laughs> not been fortunate enough yet to make my way around <laughs> to a lot of those. I don't know how much, if any, you have uh, listened or read of any of those. Just so- just a couple um like one or two, I think, of the uh, of the audios, but there are there are more that I am excited to dive into because I I know that there's the the Gallifrey series, which I've heard amazing things about, where Romana is the president of Gallifrey yes. and Leela is there like helping her out, and they have the original K9, and I'm like that is a trifecta that I am on board for. So I just you know it's it's on the list of of the many many things to yeah. get to. <laughs> yeah, that's it's it is somewhere on my list of big finish to listen to. Um, <laughs> I, 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 the last couple of years, I've, I've started to really go down that big finish rabbit hole, um, and it's a, it's a very, it's a very long rabbit hole that eventually I will reach the end of it. But then, of course, they just keep making more and more. They do. But the, yeah, the, the Gallifrey series is one that I've been recommended a lot, and mm-hmm. very looking forward to, to listening to that and just seeing what else they continue to do with Romana. And I mean, I'm. Sure, they will keep producing stuff for as long as they can. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Uh, okay, before we wrap up this segment, um, Erica, what are your final thoughts on the story of Meglos and of Romana overall? Uh, I uh, first of all, with Meglos, I just I encourage anybody who hasn't seen it in a while to go back and revisit it with an open mind or if you've heard about it and you haven't watched it because it sounds so silly recognize that yes it is so silly and that is why you should go and watch it because it is it is just it's fun and 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 romana's part in it is you know it, it's separate from the doctor so it's not like it it's a super strong romana story from uh from a screen time perspective but the uh the the part of the story that she is in she is large and in charge and knows what's going on and it's just it is always really fun for me to see romana sort of uh playing against characters like the gas acts um that also happens actually in creature from the pit uh sort of a, a similar interaction and to to watch her use her smarts and her words to sort of twist things around and take the upper hand is like i i play a lot of dungeons and dragons and like i feel like her charisma score is just off the charts and she is able to talk the people around her into doing whatever it is she thinks needs to be done and that's that's to me that's like the biggest hallmark of romana 2 and i feel like we get to see that in a big way in megloss um so that's that's just fantastic and and i am as i said i'm watching all of season 18 one episode a week uh 40 years from when it originally went out and i'm also working on the uh season 18 doctor who scarf knitting it as i watch uh which i've been working on for like <laughs> 10 years um <laughs> it's it's been sitting more often than I've actually Mm. been working on it Um, and so I feel like you know Romana is is helping helping push push me on to get me through getting this this task done because she's she's just so I don't want to say cheery because she's not like a a cheerleader kind of companion but she is bright like she is you know she goes dark when she needs to but for the most part she is a sort of a, a light shining in the TARDIS and her her smarts are and even when she's being sharp she's not being 
sharp in a dark mean way except for those occasions where she does where she needs to be but yeah she she really pulls me along and i just love her as a character she she's a absolutely brilliant character yeah uh, on megloss specifically i'd say if you've never seen it or not seen it in a while just just sit down and watch it and have fun watching mm-hmm. it don't don't think too much about the story um you know i wouldn't say if you if you want to see a romana story i probably wouldn't go to this one first yeah probably not Pro- probably not i mean i'd say i'd say first of all you go and watch the reboss operation in romana one and watch that mm-hmm. yeah that 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 just watch the whole key to time season first of all and then and then yeah probably go for destiny of the daleks or city of yeah. death to introduce yourself to romana too but if you've not seen this it's it's a fun story i mean there's a i found out that um bill fraser only a- agreed to be in this on the condition his character could kick k9 on screen i know i heard is, that i was like how dare you that, start that's a, that's such a like mean <sighs> thing but i just laughed when i read it oh yeah of course of course because that's hilarious <laughs> that's brilliant that like that that's the sort of thing that happens in this story mm-hmm. a character kicks canine and that's the only way that the actor agreed to be in it <laughs> yep. um but look it's a fun story even though yeah canine canine definitely does not get treated very well in this uh-uh. um but if you want to watch good canine there's a lot of other stuff to to go and watch definitely <laughs> um but yeah R- romana 2 as a whole such an enjoyable character to watch the way that that she does blend so well with tom's doctor and does so well on her own as you know she she is the doctor's equal she's better than him in a lot of regards (laughs) Uh (laughs) and it's just it's so nice to see tom and lala the way that they play off against each other on screen as well as everything that she gets to go and do on her own it's just it, it it's brilliant really that's Mm-hmm. That, that 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 that's You're how um, yeah that's how i'm gonna <laughs> end it um so just before i hand back over to future scott i want to say thank you again erica so much for joining me before you leave is there anything you'd like to plug well uh i mean you already mentioned my uh my work on on verity and lazy doctor who that's where you can find me talking about uh doctor who uh but yes i also do a bunch of podcasts on the incomparable network um from ridiculous random pursuit which is me asking people questions from uh 30 different editions of trivial pursuit uh that's that's always fun i talk about hockey over there um if you happen to be a sports fan i also do a show about uh, winona earp which is you know if you're a, a genre fan there's a chance you might like a, a show about a a butt-kicking lady who's killing a bunch of uh, revenant demons that's that's uh, always fun um steven my spouse and i did an entire limited series about uh, The Prisoner, the British show, and that's called In the Village. I play, as I mentioned, I play a lot of Dungeons and Dragons on a podcast called Total Party Kill, and that comes in both video and audio formats. Um, and I just launched a new podcast called Saga of Rereading Epics, where a friend and I are going through Julian May's Saga of Pleiocene Exile and Galactic Milieu series from the late 70s and early 80s and rereading it from a 20th, you know, 2019-2020 perspective. And boy, it's very interesting <laughs> to uh, to revisit some books from from that from that era. Um, and of course, I also read and co-produce for the Uncanny Magazine podcast, which is a podcast that has uh, short fiction and poetry and interviews every month from Uncanny Magazine. Brilliant. Amazing. Thank you for taking some time out of 
all of those podcasts to come and guest <laughs> on this podcast um and listeners please go and give some of those podcasts some love and listens if you are not doing already um and i might just have to go and listen to another one or two that i do not currently <laughs> listen to um <laughs> off the you. back of this um thank you once again it's been such a joy such a pleasure to have you on um and now we'll return back uh, to future scott so over to you Thank you, uh, Past Scott, for that. And listeners, I really do hope you enjoyed that interview. Um, big thanks once again for Erica uh, for sitting down uh, to have a chat with me about Romana 2. You can find Erica on Twitter at Holly Go Darkly um, and on all of those podcasts that were mentioned in the interview. Now, listeners, you know that we do not normally talk about news, but a certain trailer dropped this week which we thought we should give attention to oh i i personally think we should give as much attention as we physically can to this um we got the new year's special yes you heard me right new year's is coming new year's day which means we're gonna have a very hefty recording session for that (laughs) yeah you you can expect that episode um at some point in the first few days of 2021 um, we make no promises as of yet, uh, but we will be reviewing new Doctor Who for the first time on this podcast in terms of like new as broadcast. Obviously, there's stuff that we hadn't seen before that was new to us. Not the point. There was a trailer. It was really cool. If you haven't seen it yet, you should go check it out. And if you don't want spoilers about the trailer, because I just want to mention things, if we're going to mention things, Scott, are we going to mention things from the Okay, trailer? so we'll we'll do a... We're not like we're not doing like a dissection thing, we're just going to talk about like our favourite Very, very quick, good idea. Very quick spoiler warning, if you consider the official BBC trailer to be a spoiler... I'm looking at you, Hope. You said you didn't want to watch the trailer. But wait, didn't Hope say... Yeah, Hope said she did Hold on, this is a call-out post right now. So, uh, so Hope, I know you're going to be listening to this. You said you didn't want spoilers. You said you were going to avoid it. Yeah, you messaged our group chat saying you watched the trailer. So, I, I, I really am calling you out out here. Anyway, Sorry, just... listeners, if you consider the official BBC trailer to be a spoiler, then now is the time that you should be, you know, lowering your volume, muting us for the next couple of minutes, um, and then bring the volume back up um, if you want to hear the end cards. That's completely up to you. So this is your spoiler-ish warning. Uh, Spoilers will begin in three, two, one. I can't believe they're bringing back William Hartnell. Okay, no, joking. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was trying to think of the, the such a joke. Um, I can't oh. believe David Bradley's coming back again. Um, no, okay, no, seriously, uh, spoilers. Now, um, I can't believe they brought Rose back. Can you? What a twist. <laughs> okay, no, on, on, right, on, no, a, on a serious note, um, like, we're getting, we're getting Captain Jack, um, which is, is always a happiness for me. Um, we like this is about as much in-depth commentary as I'm going to give. I think we're about to see a like present-day version of Victory of the Daleks. 
um, that sort of story. Um, and I'm very, very looking forward to seeing what happens. Yeah, um, I I just want to comment on the visuals we got in the trailer. Like, can we just talk about how excellent it looks, like, cinematically? It looks, is that it, yes, that is the right uh, term and phrasing. Um, it does look so clean. Like, I'm going to say it, and please God... Whoever's listening, Santa, Easter Bunny, Father Time, Mother Nature, whoever we're praying to here. Chibnall looks like he's done a good job. Oh my god, please don't make me regret this. You know, you know, we're gonna come back on like the second of January, like new episode up, but don't think it's gonna be second of January. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Who knows? Who knows? Who I don't know. Knows. Future Scott I, 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 if if you for reference, I just did that thing where I put my um finger to my nose like Tom Baker did in um Day of the Doctor. Which if you haven't listened to that episode yet, you should really go listen to it. Wonderful plugs. You're you're so welcome for that. <laughs> that wasn't even scripted. But um no, um I wanna I wanna just say like based on the trailer it seems like maybe there is a potential that listeners opinions were actually taken into some sort of consideration i'm hoping this is not gonna come and slap me across the face on new year's um but you know judging by what we've seen i really am looking forward to this um as we know i'm a very um active 13 (laughs) stan um and I want to know where she got her Rapunzel cosplay from in prison. You know, oh, Disney's watching from a window. She's watching the space. And also, uh, one of my favourite lines in that is, um, I'm going to butcher it, um, stay, it's like stay positive. You've got people yeah. waiting. Something like that. It's like, she needs a hug, and I'm going to call it now. She's going to hug Jack first. That would that I I I, if, I mean if, I hope that that happens at some point, whether it's the first person or not. I do hope that happens. You know, th- this will be the first time Thirteen actually gets a hug in her uh, whole whole uh, run. <laughs> and <laughs> so, last, you, know, you best believe. You best believe I'm going to be holding a, a camera up to the TV like, you're doing amazing, sweetie. I'm so proud of you. You finally got some human interaction. I'm so happy for you, darling. You know. Um, or, you know, maybe I'm just going to be lying on the floor crying the whole time. We'll never know until New Year's the, Day where Scott's going to get like a mass string of texts. There are no in-betweens, me. listeners. There are only those two extremes. <laughs> Or, you know, maybe both at the same time. Yes, quite possibly. Um, but yes, there there we are, listeners. That that That's our initial thoughts on a trailer which dropped less than uh, 24 hours ago as we record. Um, if if uh, we're on mute because you didn't want to hear us discuss the trailer, you can turn us up um, now. Did, did, did you hear me? I, I, say, I said you can turn it back up now. You in the back. I know you're not listening. Turn it up. I'll put a note in the uh, show notes. Don't worry. Um, So 
blue what are we going to talk about next week next week we stay in the past however it's much more recent past as we will be discussing rose tyler a rose by any other name would have smelled so sweet so i think i butchered that fun fact listeners on my animal crossing island i have a rose on my beach unintentional yes um does it make me laugh every time i walk past it Yes. Am I going to put the words I love you next to it? No, because we never actually got to hear those words. But, you know, maybe maybe the words that he whispered into her ear were um, um, never going to give you up. Never going to let you down. I just break Moving on. Audience. Um, we would also be having a returning voice to join us as we discuss the first companion of the modern Doctor Who era. Now, I know, I know, you don't know, but I'm going to tell you, it's Lady Cassandra. Yay! <laughs> this is where I would say some piffy quote, listeners. But I don't have one, so I'm just going to say thank you for joining us. And until next week, this is the Subwave Network signing off. Goodbye. Olive revoir. Thanks for listening. Enjoying the podcast? Consider giving us a review on Apple Podcasts or tell your friends about us. Want to find out more? Well, you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash subwavenetwork. Follow us on Twitter at Subwave underscore podcast or on Instagram at Subwave Network. And don't forget to check out our YouTube channel featuring interviews and other cool vids. Just waggle his tail. <laughs>